0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark. We're going right through the book of Mark, almost finished with the book of Mark. but We're in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12. I'm excited about the passages of scripture that we're preaching this morning. And we're going verse by verse. Be sure to pray for the preschool church and the junior church. Sometimes they get overlooked. We forget they're back there or up there. And they do a great job. And I know the children love the junior church and children's church. And um, they do do a lot of Communicating that I couldn't because it's on their level. I probably am on their level. Well, this is a wonderful passage of Scripture. We're going to begin with verse 34 and go through verse 40 of Mark chapter 12. But I want you to turn back in your Bibles to Psalms 110. Psalms 110. And I want to read verse 1 that he quotes. You know, what I love about the Word of God is that Jesus often quoted Psalms and the Old Testament. Uh, all these prophecies coming true exactly to the minute detail and we'll go over some of those in just a moment uh, but uh, this is a great, great chapter it's been a challenging chapter uh, the topics they're asking to trick up Jesus trick Him and to puzzle Him did not puzzle Him a bit but sometimes it puzzles preachers when you have to preach on uh, eight husbands and one wife in heaven who's, whose husband will be whose wife or whatever and uh, about the greatest commandment and about paying taxes uh, all these were, were tricks to try to get the Lord to answer uh, wrongly which he didn't and to uh, discredit his uh, standing with the people at the temple so it's Tuesday morning uh, of the Lord's Passion Week and Jesus making his way to the cross to die for, for his people. And the passage finds Jesus still in the temple, teaching the word of God. And the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, that's all that's brought these questions in chapter 12 to him. um, Trying to discredit the Lord, in the eyes of the people, and of course the Roman Empire. Over the past few weeks, uh, we've considered those questions. Well, this morning, the tides turn. Pardon the expression, you Alabama fans. The tide has turned. And the Lord is asking them a question. And he uses Psalms 110 verse 1 uh, as the question. And uh, they have no answer. And folks, Pharisees don't have answers. Scribes don't have answers. Only cr- believers have answers because we take the word of God in context. Let's stand on the word of God. I'll read Psalms 110.1. Then we'll turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 35 through 37. I'm really excited about preaching this. I'm excited you're here. I miss those so much that are not be able to be here. I noticed Miss Kathy's back with us, and Brother um, uh, Harris has had a, a, a tough couple of weeks, and you need to pray for his back, and then also Brother Gary Lefford's longing to preach this morning. I asked Stephen, I said, are you preaching? He says, I never know do I get there, but usually I am, and I heard him preach this past Wednesday night on the importance of preaching the Word of God, and I was so proud of him out of Nehemiah chapter 8. I posted it. So maybe y'all would like to listen to it. And uh, he's my youngest son preaching for Brother Gary. But I thought about this. You ought to be glad you're here. You ought to be glad you're able. I visited somebody that suffered a stroke yesterday afternoon. I'll tell you a little about that in the invitation. And I'm going to tell you something. He was just glad to be home and be able to talk to two folks on, on a Saturday afternoon and relax in his home. And it's the grace of God. And he gave me several warnings about a stroke. Matter of fact, time I left there, I was saying, oh, my word, I think I'm next. I'm thinking my, 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 my jaw's drawing. I'm, you know, a little faint. I was dizzy the other day when I got up. That was probably from 117 human temp. And I, I mean, I was, I was about to have a stroke before I got home. Amen. But uh, that was called sympathetic pains, I guess. But uh, uh, it, the Lord spoke to my heart about the urgency of getting help when God gives you warnings. And I'll use that as an invitation this morning. But let's look at Psalms 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord. I've always wanted to preach this now. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at the right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. David, on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, because Jesus said he was inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, The Lord said unto the Lord. Now turn to Mark chapter 12. Let's look at verse 34. It says, When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. But that wasn't close enough. And no man after that thus asked any questions. The questions were over. It's Tuesday. He's going to cross. Look at verse 35 now. And Jesus answered and said, While, you taught in the temp- while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? They all taught. That was the lineage. If you'll go to Matthew, and you'll see the lineage of David. He said, how how the scribes that Christ is the son of David? And for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, I like that, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou upon my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord. And hence is he then his son? David was his great-grandfather. And the common people heard him gladly. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you, dear Lord, for the deity and the divinity of Christ. Lord, we're not worshiping some created being. And Lord, we know that Jesus is God and God is Jesus. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. And God, we thank you for your word that verifies it over and over again that you're deity, that you're God. And Lord, we thank you, dear God, that we we serve a risen Savior. But God, we worship a living God. And so Lord, help us this morning, give us strength to preach, wisdom of what we studied, and we'll praise you for speaking to hearts and changing lives, all for your glory we pray. Amen. As I said, it's still Tuesday morning. He's still in the temple. He's still teaching. They want to come up with some questions, and he turns and said, "I got a question for you." And he starts quoting Psalms 110 verse 1, a powerful powerful verse on the deity of Christ and in the Old Testament. And he, want, and he wants to uh, uh, t- confront them. And So I want you to see, first of all, Jesus counterattacks his enemy. Uh, he answers their questions precisely about money for Caesar, verse 13 through 17, about uh, the resurrection and the nature of heaven and about marriage in heaven, really. Uh, they were trying to trick him up on that. Uh, verse 18 through 27 and then the greatest commandment of all verses 28 through 34 and folks I want you to know each time Jesus was asked that question it was designed to make him look foolish but folks this moment I love it the Lord's turning the question on them so I'd like to title my message now I've got a question for you And I want to tell you something folks this question if not answered correctly would send them straight to hell. If this question is not uh, answered correctly in your heart, you're not saved. Because I want to tell you something, you must believe that Jesus is the Son of God to be saved. Amen? And the scribes and Pharisees uh, believed with all their heart that every Jew believed that the Messiah, the Christ, was a physical descendant of the King of David. That's all uh, that was that was just uh, in their doctrine and in their prophecy, and in their law. And folks, uh, they were looking, though, for a great military leader. They were looking for someone that would take them out of uh, oppression from the Roman Empire. They were looking for some great king, and he was the great king, but he came as a servant, as uh, Mark implies and, and preaches. And folks, they were implying the Messiah would be more, uh, these verses, he was saying, hey, the Messiah is going to be more than just a man. He's more than just a Napoleon. He's more than just a great general. He's more than just a liberator. He is God. And folks, I want to tell you something. He is God. Amen. And they can't, they couldn't seem to grasp the truth that God uh, in human flesh had come to them and they were speaking to him in the temple that they worship with all the law and the regulations. And, and folks, a lot of people want to uh, 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 talk about the baby in the manger and they want to talk about the crucifixion of on the cross and all these are essential truths but folks they don't want to grasp the idea that God is God and he's the only way he's the only truth and he's the only life and they just couldn't get their uh, uh, mind around that well I want to tell you something friend you can't trace God you must trust God I can't figure out the Trinity but I know it's real and folks when I see verses like this when he refers back to David saying hey listen listen The Lord said unto my Lord, my son, my grandson, uh, that he's Lord. He's calling him Lord Jesus. And, folks, he is Lord. He's Lord of all. And there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. John chapter 10, verse 9, he's the only door. I am the door, he said. And, folks, I want to tell you something. We're saved, and without him, you are lost forever. He that hath the Son of God hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And I want you to see, second of all, the implication. In Psalms 110, verse 1, the Bible says that the Lord, uh, first the Lord in Psalms 110, 1, is the Hebrew word Yahweh. I want you to to look at this verse. He said, for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, verse 35, 36, the Lord said to my Lord. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord said to my Lord, uh, my son, literally, uh, my, 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 the one in my my uh, ancestry, um, and Jesus was speaking and called himself Lord, God. So thou on my right hand, it says, and sit thou on on my right hand, uh, my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. So folks, this is a great statement of divinity. This is a great statement of deity that Jesus is God and God is Jesus. Our neighbors up the road, they believe that Jesus is a created being. And they lift up all kinds of leaders as great prophets to that false heresy. And folks, they're not Jehovah Witnesses. They don't know Jehovah. It's a false Jehovah. And it's so sad that there's more people go out from that place, the kingdom hall, they don't call it a church, then go out from our church because we have God. We have the Lord, amen? And folks, Jesus is clearly declaring uh, the Lord. In Psalms 110, the first word is Yahweh. The second word, which, the second word is the word Ananiah. The idea in this verse is the Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord or David's Lord, Ananiah. In other words, David addressed the Messiah as his Lord. Psalms 110, he's saying Jesus is God. Jesus is the Lord. And so the Lord, the, the Lord says by the Holy Ghost, he had that revelation. Now, does that make you a little excited? I mean, I know y'all look like y'all been out fishing all day yesterday, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. Don't get dehydrated on me. You ought to be enthusiastic about that statement anyway. The Lord said unto the Lord. I'm so excited about that. It's like It's like Wednesday night, uh, I got a hold of some of that cobbler. It was so good, I didn't want to sit down. I wanted to eat it right by the table, <laughs> amen. I didn't need ice cream, praise God. I could just eat it straight. And folks, these verses are like dessert for me. Uh, you don't know how challenged it's been over the last few weeks uh, dealing with these questions. and It was a challenge. But I want to tell you something, this is a delight this morning, that I can preach on the Lord said to the Lord. Now that blows some people's little mind. It don't take much to blow some people's minds, say amen. It does blow the atheist's mind and the heathen's mind and the analytical mind because we all try to figure out how could the Lord say to the Lord? How could Jesus be God? Well, just trust me. No, don't trust me. Trust him. He is God. He's the Lord, amen? And we can lift him up as that. And these verses are so strong and so wonderful that it confirms that he said, David said by the Holy Ghost. Now Jesus said to the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord. I know i got to get off that. But folks, I want to tell you something. There's another strong word here in verse 36. Uh, I don't think you can get any stronger than the Lord. But it says, sit thou on the right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. The word sit is in the continuous tense. It means continually sit. That means you'll eternally sit. Turn to uh, Philippians chapter uh, 2 verse 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If that helps you find it. Philippians chapter 2, and I want you to look at um, verse 9 and 10. Y'all know the verse 5 through 8 about him humbling himself, coming to no reputation, being obedient, even obedient to death. That we ought to have that kind of attitude. It's called humility. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. We need to make much of Jesus because he's Lord. Amen. He's God if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. But look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this. It says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, Lord, that at the name of Jesus, Lord Christ Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and things under the earth. Thank God, friend, the Bible says in verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is, say it with me, Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You can't get any stronger on the deity of Christ than these verses. Turn back to our text now. David therefore called him Lord, uh, whence he was, but he was also his son. So, so in, in, in Physically. So in society, a father would never, especially that society, call his son a Lord. A father never tendered that kind of honor to a child, especially back in that day, children were considered property and never superior to their father. Here's a great-grandfather saying, he's Lord, amen. He might be in my descendant, he might be my descendant, but he's still Lord. Yet David looks at the one who is going to be his son David calls him Lord. That's a declaration that the Messiah is more than a man. He's God-man. Amen? And I feel so sorry for the Jews, Brother Jack. They're still looking for him. They still think he's going to come the first time. I'm going to tell you something. They're going to realize it when he comes the second time. And I believe he could come any minute. The Lord is coming. Amen? And what the Jews did not want to see, much less acknowledge, was that Jesus was clearly claiming... He is the Messiah. In fact, he proved it uh, with his identity time and time again. His triumphant entry. um, Triumphant entry. uh, Chapter 11, verse 1 through 11 was saying there's deity. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, it predicted the very day that he would appear. And then also uh, the prophet Zechariah. And I want you to turn to Zechariah. Uh, chapter 9, verse 9. That'll take a while. Look in your table of contents and find it. Amen. But Zechariah, it's page 973 in the Old Schofield Bible. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 is a thrilling prophecy. Look at it. 9, 9, Zechariah. Zechariah is near Malachi. I think you can find it. Amen. And uh, look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly. I think we ought to do some rejoicing around here. Say so Amen. You ought to warm up for heaven. Say hallelujah. Come on. I guarantee when those boys pulled in those nine bass, they were rejoicing. I wish I could have rejoiced with them. Amen. Praise God. Look at this. It says, rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. But Listen to this. Lowly and riding upon an ass. Upon a coat, the foal of an ass. Folks, I want to tell you something, friend. 487 years before Jesus even born, he told us all about Palm Sunday. He told us all about how he would come as a humble servant. But folks, don't let his humility fool you one bit. He's still Lord. He's still God. His, so he, so folks, many times, uh, his identity and what he did to fulfill every scripture tells us he's God. His words proved it. John chapter 7, verse 26 you might not have time to write all these down. Uh, I don't even have time to preach them, but I'm going to take time. And This might be a two-part message, so all of you coming back tonight, so you'll enjoy it. It says, never a man spake like this. They knew there was something different about Jesus when he got and taught, when he preached. In Luke chapter 4, verse 22, it says, for he taught them as having authority and not as scribes. Amen. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? And so his words proved he he was deity, he's Lord. And then his works proved it. Thank God for that. Jesus had proven that he was a Messiah many occasions. And it it was predicted in the Old Testament prophecies, predicted that the Messiah would be what he would do when he came. Let me just give you one. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. Give you a lot of scriptures. Does that offend you? Amen. I tell you what ought to offend you if I don't give you a lot of scriptures. Amen. I'm preaching Wayne Cofield's doctrine. I'm preaching the Bible. Look at this Psalms, Isaiah, Proverbs, uh, Isaiah. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 61. My preacher used to read this every time he got up to preach. I'd see him over there reading it, maybe quoting it, but he t- usually turned to Isaiah chapter 61. And he would read this to get courage up. He was a real shy man, a real, real humble man. I miss him so much. I want to call him all the time and talk to my pastor. But in uh, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings into the meek. Now listen to this. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and opening the prison to them that are bound. Amen. He's a liberator. Look at verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our Lord to confront all that mourn. So we see that he binds up the brokenhearted, proclaims liberty, brings great tidings of the gospel. That was his number one ministry. But he also healed and, and, and raised people from the dead. He's God. He's not just Jesus. He's the Lord, amen? The Lord said unto my Lord, just for the record, let me say that Messiah was uh, was to be the son of of, of David. While you're in Isaiah, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, real quick. I don't know why I'm in a hurry. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, of the increase of the government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, And upon his kingdom, uh, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so Isaiah, the prophet said, he will be the Messiah, but he'll be the son of David. But he's not only the son of David, he's the son of God, my Lord said to my Lord. Jesus was a direct descendant of David. It was in the line Uh, to be the next king of Israel. And on dozens of occasions, Jesus was called the Son of David, a common people, the Son of David. Jesus Christ was a man. He was a God-man, though. It was evidence because he had a human mother. He had a human body, Matthew 26, 12. Soul and spirit. He looked like a man, John chapter 4, verse 9. He possessed flesh and blood, Hebrews 2.14. He grew, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. He asked questions, Luke chapter 2, verse 46. He increased in knowledge, Luke 2.52. He prayed, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 11. He was tempted, Mark chapter 4. He's a man. He learned obedience, Hebrews 5.8. He hungered, Matthew 4.2. He thirsted, John 4.7. He was weary, John 4.6 said he didn't have a place to lay his head. He slept, Matthew 8, verse 24. He had compassion, Matthew 9, 36. He was angry and grieved, Mark chapter 3, verse 5. He wept, that's the first verse I memorized. Jesus wept, John 11, verse 35. He experienced joy, Luke 10, 21. And he was troubled, John chapter 11, verse 33, when his friend Lazarus. He sweat drops as of blood, Luke chapter 22. He suffered, 1 Peter 4, 1. He bled, John chapter 9, verse 34. He died, Matthew 27, verse 50. He was buried, Matthew 27, verse 59 through 60. While Jesus was a man, he was God. And he is God. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. John chapter 1 says, "In in the beginning was the word and the word was God. He's the Word. He's the Logos. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. But I'll tell you, while he was man, he was still omnipresent. In Matthew chapter 18. Turn back to Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. He's omnipresent. Stay with me now. I know a lot of you are tired. A lot of you are sleepy. I can put you to sleep, I promise you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. We have padded pews, but they're not pillows. Amen. Matthew chapter 18. I want you to look at verse 20 real quick. The Bible says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He's omnipresent. Look at Matthew 28, 20. Y'all used this verse going soul winning yesterday. Matthew 28, 20. The Bible says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. He's omnipresent. Then he's omnipotent. Look at Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. He's powerful. He was powerful over disease, Matthew 4, verse 23. He was powerful over Satan, Matthew four verse ten. He was powerful over demons, Matthew chapter eight. He was powerful over men, John seventeen. Over nature, Matthew chapter eight. Over sin, 1 John three five. Over tradition, Matthew fifteen. Over the Sabbath, Matthew twelve eight. Over the temple, Matthew twelve six. He was he was he was omnipotent over physical death, John chapter five. Spiritual death, John chapter 5, verse 24. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Then he's omniscient. He, he knew the fickleness of, their, of the crowd, Matthew chapter 9. He knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. A mere man cannot read your thoughts. Sometimes I try to read your thoughts by the look on your face and the reaction, the nod of your head, the enthusiasm. But I don't know your thoughts. I don't know if you're listening or not. God knows. God knows exactly what you're thinking. Some of y'all just changed thoughts just then. Amen. Praise God. But he knew He knew the problems of the disciples, Luke chapter 9. He knew the whereabouts of Nathanael, John chapter 1. He knew the history of the Samaritan woman when he approached her in John chapter 4. He knew the wickedness of the scribes and Pharisees, Matthew chapter 9. He knew the true nature of Judas, John chapter 6. And Then he received worship. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, he received worship from the angels, Hebrews 1, 6. From the wise men, Matthew chapter 2. From a leopard. Matthew chapter 8. From a Jewish ruler, from a heartbroken mother, Matthew 15. From the mother of James and John, from the maniac of Gadarea, he received worship. He bowed at his feet and wouldn't leave him. From the man born blind, from Thomas, from the woman at the empty tomb, Matthew 28, verse 9. Folks, listen. He received worship from the disciples. And folks, I want to tell you something. He forgives sin. He possesses all authority. He's a source of all life. He's a creator of all things. He's a preserver of all things. He alone can meet all our needs. And I got verses by every one of these points. I won't give them to you this morning. He receives our prayers, Acts chapter 7. He's the final judge, Matthew chapter 25. Verse 31 through 32. He's both Lord of glory and King of kings. i got to read that verse. Turn to Revelation 19, verse 16. Revelation 19, 16. You said you getting all that from the Lord said to the Lord? Yes. And he's sitting on the right hand of God. And I'm going to tell you something. All those folks who's trying to make fun of him and trick him, they're sitting under his feet right now. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. Revelation 19, verse 16. Turn in your Bible and look at this. It says this. And he hath on his vesture, on his thigh, when he comes, he's going to have this, a name written, all caps, King James, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. He's Lord. Lord Jesus proved he was, who he is and who he'll always be. And Folks, they were looking for somebody to free him from a Roman Empire. And they said, This can't be him. He's too humble, and in a few days he's going to die like a thief, like a malefactor. It can't be him. Well, they missed him. And, folks, it was an eternal mistake when they did not realize who they were trying to trick, who they were trying to trap, who they were trying to outthink and outsmart, and they were trying to look so pious and so Pompous in front of, he's Lord. And so he turned it and said, hey, listen, the Holy Ghost spoke to David and quoted Psalms 110, verse one. The Lord said to my Lord. The Yahweh said to Adonai, Jesus is Lord. How can we apply this message? Turn back to our text and we'll close. Mark chapter 12, verse 37. Mark chapter 12 verse 37, the last phrase, I'm interested in that just a second. It says in Mark chapter 12 verse uh, 37, David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence he is son, and the common people heard him gladly. I want you to notice that, the common people heard him gladly. What they were most glad about was the fact that he put the scribes and the Pharisees in their place. They were pompous. They were arrogant, like religious people are. But Jesus shut them down, and he shut them up. And the common people loved it. But they didn't just truly love Jesus. Because you'll find in Mark chapter 15, verse 6 through 15, they reject him, and they sent him to the cross. Israel had all the evidence they needed to believe on Jesus. And all the Old Testament, They had uh, these miracles and and, and his word, but they were blind. They just saw him as a person. They saw him as just a man. The Religious Jews ignored all the evidence that Jesus had given them because they were self-righteous, religious, and they were looking for a military liberator. Jesus showed up and he was none of the things that they were looking for. And, folks, they rejected him. And may I say, they paid a terrible price. They're in hell screaming today and said, I wish I'd acknowledged him and accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Consider this we have more evidence. We've got the completed Bible, we've got prophecy that's been fulfilled to the minute detail. Like Zechariah 9-9 when it said he'd become riding in on a donkey. Folks, we look around and we see the lives that are miraculously changed. Nothing could change my alcoholic daddy except being born again. I've seen the difference. I've seen the the amazing grace of God in your life. There's nothing that would change some of you. Some of y'all were wicked, ungodly, fit for hell. Say amen right there. You say, You're looking at me? Yeah, I'm looking at you. And you're looking at me. We're sinners saved by grace. Amen. And folks, there's only one person that could ever change our life. And we need to believe he is Lord. I'm not about to talk about Lord's salvation. I'm just talking about when you receive him, he's Lord. And he ought to be his Lord as soon as you can get him there. Amen. And some believe that truth and his results. They're saved by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. They're forgiven, Ephesians 1, 8. And thank God they're adopted into the God's family with the with joint heir privileges, first son privileges. They can have prayers answered, have peace, joy, purpose, security, uh, folks, protection from the Father. It's a relationship, not a dead religion. I'm trying to wake up the dead this morning, amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Praise God, we're changed by the power of God. Have you been changed? Well, not really. Well, you better get saved then, say amen. Unless you're saved when you're four. But I want to say this, friend. God help us to realize where we would be without Him. And it wasn't some man that we accepted. It wasn't some doctrine. It wasn't some religion. Thank God, He he is Lord and He came to us as Lord and He needs to be received as the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord said unto the Lord, he's deity, he's God. There's nobody like him. There's nobody above him. He's God. We ought to worship him in spirit and truth. Why are you here this morning? But The question is, have you received him as Lord? Do you know him as God? Uh, don't receive a man. Don't receive a pope. Don't receive Mary. Don't receive a a preacher. Receive the Lord. He's Lord. He changes not. He will not conform to our ways. And he will not come down on our level. We must come to him through Jesus Christ. Folks, there's no way to be like God unless we receive Jesus. Have the Holy Spirit of God in our life. and Folks, when we get saved, we're headed to heaven. and Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And if not, there will be a time of eternal damnation. And so, friends, this is the question I I face to you. The same question, Jesus. What have you done with Jesus? What is your opinion of Jesus? What do you do with Jesus in life will determine what Jesus does with you after life. Let me repeat that. What you do with Jesus in this life will determine what Jesus does with you in the afterlife. Receive him now. Bow now or bow later. But if you don't get saved, you'll bow at the great white throne judgment and be cast into hell forever and you'll pray to God that you would have received him as Lord and Savior for life. One day you'll meet the Messiah. One day you'll stand before him. You'll find out he's still sitting on the throne and everything is under his feet and the enemies are under his footstool and he's Lord. He's God. We're not going through some religious ceremony here. We're not to be Pharisees, Sadducees, sad as you see. We're to be thankful and transformed because we have received him as our Savior and we won't face him as our judge. Thank God. Thank God. and Let me just say this. I'm trying to look at somebody that's very interested. They can cheer me on for these last few minutes. Let me say this. It's urgent you receive him as Lord, Amen. as Savior. It's urgent. Yesterday I was sitting there with Brother Mark. He wanted to go up and visit Brother Todd Hammonds. He's the uh, father of Kevin and Jeremy, Miss Brunella's brother-in-law, I don't use the word step, and I want to say this, friend, here was a grateful man sitting on the couch with his house shoes on. Don't you love the comfortable shoes you have at home that you wish nobody would catch you in? They're like teddy bears or something, you know, and you just slide your feet in there. And he was smiling. He was so thankful we came, talked to him, prayed with him. And then Bonnie, she's a very detailed person very aggressive enthusiastic person she kind of reminds me somebody and she said I want to tell you exactly what happened I said okay go ahead sister she said I want to tell you every detail I said okay that's great praise God we're here and we're here to listen and she began to say all that started happening how he woke up and he uh, he was trying to get ready and he he got dizzy and then the the foot started moving and the arm started moving and and then there was a little slur of speech, and there was uh, some spectacles. You ever had those little little black spots all over the place, you know, in his vision? And now he still hadn't got his vision. He said, "I want to tell you when that starts happening, preacher." I started saying, "Man, that's about to happen right now." I, she got me. She, she got me so zonked up. I mean, so she said, "You gotta get there quick." I said, "Get where?" She said, "Get to the hospital." I said, "Okay." I'll, I'll do that," she said. "Have you ever had that?" I said. "Well, I was dizzy the other day." You were, and I thought, "Boy, she's going to send me right now." I, said, I thought, "I thought she's going to call nine one one and get this preacher in the in the in the emergency room." I thought she was going to do it. I really did. I said, "She's how long it last?" I said, oh, "Just a little while." I just got up too soon. It's okay. I'm all right. He said, "Well, that's what he thought." He was perfect until. All of a sudden, they said, "If it'd been in the expressway, uh, no telling." Him Todd said, "Yeah, I'd probably kill several people and kill myself." Says, "Just the grace of God, I had it getting getting ready for work." Lives in Fort Oglethorpe, drives all the way to Dalton. Works at Pearl Optical. He's made these he's made these glasses, he made your glasses if you bought them there. meticulous person. Met on the way home, Brother Mark, God started dealing my heart about when you have warnings from God you better take heed Amen. and folks I'm talking about spiritual now I'm not talking about no stroke but I want to tell you something there's a lot of people that's just about to have a spiritual stroke I mean friend listen there's all the warning signals there's the dimness of vision there's some there's there's lack of stability there's a throbbing in the arm there's a there's a there's a you're not totally coherent your wife said that several times this morning to you you're not totally coherent and you're kind of losing touch well folks i want to tell you something it's a warning from god that you need to wake up you need to have personal revival in your life and if you're lost my dear friend you need to run to this altar and get saved. because i want to tell you something time is of the essence she told me she says preacher i want to tell you something an hour later it would have probably been over been on that plane on that 15-hour trip or if we'd have been uh, you know somewhere where we couldn't get to the hospital one hour one hour it'd have probably been irreversible now he's having sleep apnea tests he's having all kinds of tests heart tests all kinds of stuff they're putting him through the mill to find out what's wrong with it what's wrong with it but I'll tell you what's wrong a lot of people are asleep spiritually Amen. and folks there's some warning signs in your life that you need to heed to You need to get to the altar as quick as you can get there. You need to get to the place of repentance and prayer as quick as you can get there. Because I'm going to tell you something. Time is of the essence. And if God's warning you and God's speaking to your heart and telling you you're not saved, you don't come on your time. You don't come when you get good and ready. You come while God is calling you. You come when you realize you're lost. You come when you realize you're headed to hell without hope, without Jesus. You come to Jesus and get saved as soon as possible. And Christian, you come back to the Lord as soon as possible because I'm going to tell you something. The worst sin of a Christian is drifting. Just taking God for granted. And just sliding away gradually and say, well, I got all the symptoms, but I'll wait a few hours, a few days, a few months, a few years, and then I'll get back active in church. I'll get back active for the God. I'll start serving Him again. And I'm going to tell you something. You might just have a spiritual stroke. It'll be too late. Father, thank you dear God for this wonderful response from a wonderful God that Holy Ghost inspired David hundreds and maybe thousands of years before the fact, to say, the Lord said to my Lord. God, thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that we know your identity. You're not a prophet. You're not a priest. You're not a king. You're not just a good man that walked this earth. You're surely not just a victim of, of a crucifixion. You are Lord. Amen. And we crown you in our life as Lord we adore you as Lord, we worship you as Lord. We'll come back tonight to serve you and testify to a lost and dying world and to worship you as Lord of our life. And Lord, help us to realize there's many warning signals. There's dullness of hearing, there's dullness of sight. There's instability. And God, we need to wake up. Realize the warnings of God are real. And Lord, that you sent a preacher to preach the truth, to wake up and get some help before it's too late.